everyone. Welcome back to an all new edition of the 20% podcast where I continue my journey of writing a book for the first time. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Marcus Chan. Marcus is currently the president and founder of Vendly Consulting Group. Marcus has an incredible sales background, being a top performer for two Fortune 500 companies. He's also been featured in Forbes, Yahoo Finance, Market Watch, CNBC, Business Insider, and most recently, a top sales influencer to follow by Salesforce. Marcus lives by the notion of to truly sell is to serve at the highest level. In today's episode, he taught us how sales teaches us how to communicate ideas, the ability to bounce back, the importance of execution, how it's our duty to be excellent for our customers, as well as an awesome story from his younger days. Please enjoy my conversation with Marcus Chan. The first question, and there's, there's three main ones that I'm trying to get, and then obviously wherever the conversation goes from there. One of the big ones is, in your opinion, why do you believe that someone should start their career in sales or at least hold a sales position at some point or another? And then also, what are some of the skills that you see that come out from that? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think potentially I could be biased now too, right? But sales is the absolute greatest career to be in. Um, I'm a firm believer in that 100%. And, and the reason I say I believe everyone should start in sales, even if they don't necessarily stay in sales, is you know learning to understand what sales really is all about is a transferable skill across the board. Um, you know, regardless of whatever role you're in, everyone is selling in some way, shape, or form. You know, because ultimately a sale is influencing someone else to part ways with money, time, and resources, something. That's all it is. So if even if you are saying an accountant, you are influencing your boss to have certain decisions be done. If you are a teacher, you are influencing students to believe certain things, to follow certain things. If you are a parent, you are selling to your kids to do certain things. If you are a doctor, you are selling to your patients to take certain you know, prescriptions or medications or whatever. So essentially, we are all in sale because it's ultimately is influencing people to part ways with something. That's all it is. So when people start in sales, learning how to influence is definitely one part of it. But when they start going into sales and they are in a true B2B sales role, you learn so much about yourself. That's one of the, most, the biggest things I find is I find in general, human beings are masters of self-deception. So we grow up with many beliefs about certain things and how we are, how the world works. So, and when you go into sales, your world does get disrupted. You know, like if you thought, you know what, I'm a great friendly person, everyone's going to like me. And then you get into B2B sales <laughs> and you realize, whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. This is crazy. Uh, on top of that, you know, in sales, when you start in that B2B sales world, you start realizing very quickly about yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? How do you handle stress? The world is hard. When you are throwing obstacles, how do you truly handle it? And you become exposed in sales or in general in life. Like if you play like team sports, like if you were an okay, you know, okay player was basketball or football. If you get a pretty good team, they can rip, kind of lift you up a little bit. Yep. If you're an individual, it's like, it's like track or swimming. Either you're good or you're not <laughs> like it's black and white. So when you are in sales, you get crystal clear transparency and clarity to yourself. Are you actually good at the job? And if you're not good, that's okay, because now you know how you can improve. So you, then from there, you start learning other skills that are so vital for life success, whether it's 
you know, being able to uh, persevere regardless of the outcome, to be able to delay self-gratification, to be able to constantly self-develop, to be able to constantly learn, to be able to take a, an odd situation and open up strangers to have conversations, to be able to convince someone who knows nothing about you to have a conversation with you. These are all skills that are so incredibly powerful that help you down the road. Like one of the biggest ones I find is being able to lean towards discomfort. That is such a powerful one that most people are so uncomfortable because if you think about everything you do in sales is uncomfortable. Oh yeah. It's uncomfortable to take time to prepare a good list to call on. It's uncomfortable to call a list of people that you do not know. It's uncomfortable that when someone yells at you to pick up the phone and call them right back. It's uncomfortable to have difficult conversations with your prospects. It's uncomfortable to put in the extra work that requires to close a deal. It's uncomfortable to say you can hit a certain number and then fall short. It's uncomfortable to do all these things. It's uncomfortable to ask tough questions. It's uncomfortable to close. And when you learn how to lean towards discomfort, you realize everything you want in life is outside your comfort zone. So if you start in sales and you can learn these key life lessons, it will help you in any part of your life. Wow. That was, there was so much to unpack there. And that, and that's really <laughs> true. That's what that, a lot of people are saying those same exact things. I think the biggest thing is, is leaning into that discomfort because yes. I mean, there's so many times like, I, I don't even know how to answer the phone the first time or, or you just get like shaky of like, Oh my God. Like I, I literally remember one of my first days of or no, first week they said, you're going to be making sales calls this week. I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Literally shaking mm -hmm. when the phone yeah. is ringing. Right. You know, now it's just like, ah, oh, what? Somebody could tell you to go go find sand or, or, right. <laughs> or whatever, right. you know. I mean, that's being nice too. There, there's been some right. really, really brutal things. Um, yeah. Like ability yeah, to bounce back. Ability to bounce back from failure, rejection, and not give a second thought. That takes, some, that takes courage. That takes some skill development to develop, to understand that. Because if you think about it, that is life. Like, as you as you get older, you realize everyone just starts saying, oh, that was a tough year. It's, it's, a, tough year. it's tough every year. Yep. <laughs> right? You know, and at the end of the day, you, you start realizing when you're in sales, it doesn't actually get easier. You just get better. And the better you become, the more you can achieve in anything. And those are things that it, it builds this bulletproof confidence. Because when you realize, you know what? Hmm, I could, I could jump, jump into sales deal with all rejection and figure out how to be massively successful, then it doesn't matter what I go do. If I understand I could delay gratification, I could push through and persevere, I can do anything. This is why it's not uncommon. Many top professionals, sales professionals, end up wanting to start their own thing because they're like, you know, I'm used to rejection. I'm used to all this stuff. I will figure it out. I will yep. problem solve my way through. I'll find a way either through, around, or over the obstacle. So resiliency is, is what the, the kind of the overarching thing that I heard. 100%. There. Well, 100%. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so, that is so crazy too. I mean, <laughs> there's so many good things. And, and too, like, you know, obviously, yeah, you think, oh yeah, COVID's a really tough time. But before that, what, are, I mean, before my time of selling, you know, we had 2008 and then you have other economic downtimes, like it's always going to be tough. So being able to get used to those uncomfortable situations is really something that seems like it's a really, really huge thing. Um, I think it's also important too to add to that too is um, you also learn how to change how you look at things and you're able to change, create a new reality because human beings are masters of self-deception, right? And I'll give you a really good example. 
I, I remember early on, because um, I started selling the last recession, right, in 2008, right? And I remember, um, first I struggled, but eventually when I started having success, we started having compounding success, and no one could really figure it out. And one of the things I had realized at the time was when everyone else freaking out, when the market's taking, everyone's scared, right? Everyone's like, oh, it's hard to sell. The market's bad. No one's buying. Everyone's shutting down, whether it's COVID, the economy, it's you know, reason Y, whatever it's going to be. Okay. Reason X. Okay. That's actually a major competitive advantage. The average rep says, Oh, I can't sell because of this. The top rep says, Hmm, the average rep will think it's, it's going to be hard. So they're not going to work as hard. So I'm going to show up when they don't show up. When they go inward, I'm going to go outward. Right. And it's no different than the stock market. When the stock market dips, that's the time to buy. Right. It's no different. You, you do the opposite of what the market is doing, and that creates a massive competitive edge across the board. When everyone wants to stop, you keep going. And you see across the board, right? And it's, 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 it's across, like even like, for example, Blockbuster. People are like, oh, VHS tapes, it's, it's done. So yeah, for sure, overall, most of Blockbusters end up shutting down. But just in Portland, Oregon, we have four VHS rental places. They, they ran out of tapes and DVDs that are still going strong. And how? Because they adapted. They adapted to the market. When everyone folded, they went, when everyone went in, they went out. Okay. And that's how you beat the market every single time. We understand the weaknesses of others are actually a competitive advantage for you. And by being in sales, you can start under, you start learning and realizing you're like, hmm, okay. If everyone's struggling to get emails to get open, I'm gonna make more calls because no one's calling. Hmm. Right. If no one knows how to social sell, then I'm going to social sell. If no one's doing video, then I'm going to do video and I'm going to stand out and I'm going to capture that business when no one else can. And even if nobody knows how to do those things at that certain time, like, yeah, video may be scary, but guess what? Nobody else is doing it. You've already built up that grit from everything else that you've done and not being afraid to fail and not being afraid to do that stuff so that it's just another way of finding the path, carving the path for yourself. So so being able to carve your own path. Sorry, I'm just taking some notes here. I already have like so, three pages of notes, man. This is <laughs> this is so great. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate this so far. Mm-hmm. Next question, and this kind of falls into it as well. Uh, why do you believe that sales is the foundation to a successful career? Beside, is there anything else that you would add besides those previous things? I know you touched on a lot of that. Hmm. Yeah, so I think there's a couple different things, right? So I would say uh, one big thing is ultimately when you are in sales, it's about being able to communicate an idea an idea, a concept, whatever. That's all it is. Communicate influence. And you think about for a career, your ability to communicate, you know, uh, whether it's uh, down, laterally, or up, determines how far you actually go in your career. And that, that's across the board. When you look at like, if you, if you cannot communicate with your boss, it's going to hurt you. If you can't, can't communicate with the process, that's going to hurt you. If you can't communicate with people internally in your department, that's going to hurt you as well. So when you are in sales and you get really good at communicating with people, because that's really, sales is just communication. Right. If you get really good at communicating, spoken, written, publicly, in public, on camera, you know, in major presentations, you start standing out. And if you think about the greatest leaders of any industry, they are excellent at communicating. So your ability to communicate and transcend ideas to other people in a very simple and easy way can determine how far you go and how high you go. So for any career, if you're able to do that and show and show consistently, it becomes a massive competitive advantage. 
Like I think about even for my own business, right? I've been in this for 18 months. I've been really fortunate. We have some explosive growth. We got some really, really cool things. Like 19 months ago, the only people who knew Marcus Chan was, was people in my big corporate companies I worked for. That was it. 19 months ago, nobody knew who I was. Fast forward now, I've been really fortunate. I'm now I'm I'm on a LinkedIn top voice, Salesforce, you know, recognize me. I'm in Forbes, Mark, watch all of him. And how? Because I work on my communication, my ability to communicate, right? Across as many platforms as possible. And that brings up my awareness and my brand, right? 19 months ago, you wouldn't have reached out to me. You'd be like, who's this dude, right? Yeah, he had success in corporate America, but because I've been able to take those skills I've learned of communication, it's helped me build my business up and grow my brand as well. So that's where it, when you are in sales, you start in sales, your ability to communicate can really elevate up if you learn how to communicate, if you focus on improving that skill. Because just because you're in sales doesn't mean you'll be good. You have to actively work on your ability to communicate. And when you do that, you create these other skills and other results that you just didn't think was possible before. Wow. So yeah, that, that is incredible. So, so you're, you're, uh, you're able to transfer uh, thoughts and, and, and actually take things that you're learning. And would you say that this is another skill too? take the things that you're learning and actually try to put them into practice and implement implementation and through that as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, exa exactly. Right. So, I mean, your ability to, just communicate is definitely one piece, right? But you also need to be able to execute. So it's, especially in sales, your ability to execute is vitally important because a lot of people who maybe are good communicators, they can talk a big game, they can write a big game, but they're not able to execute. That's where, you know, you know, who hit the fan, if you will. Yep. So you need to be able to also execute at a really high level. And I find across the board, top professionals, they can communicate really well. Okay, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're loud and outgoing, but they're able to just communicate very clearly and people understand exactly what they're saying, what they are writing in a very simple way. And then they execute at an incredibly high level. That's one of the things you always see across the board. Top professionals, they are execution. Like they, they, they can execute, but on top of that, let me, let me back up to get more specific. They know the right things to execute. So they're able to focus on the right things to execute. That's incredibly important. Maybe. Uh, prioritization for sure, but really being able to focus. Okay. So, so I, I see a lot of times that they, they say, okay, you know what? Like, okay, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to wake up, I'm gonna make these calls. Okay. And they're like, okay. And they wake up, oh, they open the email inbox and they're typing emails or in the Slack, you know, Slack channels. And before I know it, four hours goes by like, oh crap. Yeah. I made a single call. You know what? After lunch. Right. And they just, they lose sight on for sure prioritization, but also being able to Focus in and hone in and go all in on anything, you know, and your ability to focus can determine where you go. Like Warren Buffett said, one of the most important skills to learn is being able to focus. That's all it is. And not chase the, the shiny things. Like you focus in on specifically the things you want to target and then you execute to get it done. Wow. So focus in on that target and execute on that target. Have to. Focus on target. I love that. That is incredible advice. I got to get that war. I got to find some of those Warren Buffett quotes too, mm -hmm. but I'm right next to the Marcus Chan quotes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, perfect. So another, another question here. Um, so I'm a true believer in, in maybe this is just trying to get into the target audience too, or maybe just self-reflection on myself and in my previous experience. Now I'm still super young in my career, but there's still so much, I think that there's so much to learn in those first jobs that you have a couple good examples is, you know, I talked to, to Lori Richardson yesterday and she had um, 
she worked for her grandmother's um, clothing business. So she learned, you know, her grandmother back in the day, even though she was just depressing clothes and doing whatever, her grandmother also would take some of the, these clothes and do, um, do like modeling shows at restaurants and she would do radio shows. So she learned early on the different ways to market. And uh, another one too, I don't know if you know, uh, know James Buckley or not. Um, oh yeah, yep. So James is, is awesome. Um, he was a grocery bag boy uh, early on. So he, a lot of the time they would make money by their tips that they would make. So from the time that he bagged those groceries for the old woman to the time that he got to her car, which would take what, 10 to 15 seconds, he had to be able to build rapport and have them like him enough to be able to try to give a tip. What does that 10 to 15 seconds sound like to you? It sounds like a sales mm. opening to me, mm -hmm. trying to build rapport quickly so that they like you enough to, to have some other kind of communication or, or exchange, in that case, a tip. So you have any good stories of some of your first jobs, whether it was, you know, if you had a serving job or one of your first sales jobs that you learned these skills. And in the, 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 the other thing is, is too, is I want to really focus in on, you know, these kids are probably making eight fifty an hour. But the mm -hmm. skills that you're learning that you're going to build on and expound on in the future, expand on, um, is priceless. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, man. So uh, I grew up working at my parents' restaurant. So we learned definitely a lot of things that was really key, right? And one of the things we did actually, so uh, during the summer, my parents would have a food booth set up. This is before food booths were popping, there were things, but we go to these festivals, we set it up and we have, you know, there's 10,000 people there. So we knew it's a big, big market there for a lot, a lot of people to be able to generate revenue off of, which is totally great. Now, my parents were smart at this early on, they didn't pay us a single thing, right? But they said to me, this is Marcus to my sister, Angela, said, hey, listen, you can keep all the tips you guys make at the food booth. So people, you know, lined up, they order food. And if you think about it, like when, when you order food at a food booth, it's, it's, very, it's a very fast transactional thing, right? Mm -hmm. You don't get to have the, the benefit of being in a restaurant and serving them. They can see your person now. You don't get any of that. So similar to James, you need to have a fast way to be able to generate trust. And there, there's things that we had to learn because, you know, you start realizing pretty quickly, okay, you know what, if we can do certain things in a certain way, it will lead to the highest likelihood of success. And we can actually utilize basic human psychology principles to influence behavior to increase our amount of tips. So for example, one of the things that we did is, you know, so we, we have a food booth, they come up, right? And, uh, you know, they would pay for the food. Let's just say, for example, it was $13.50. They will give us a $20 bill. Now, most people just take the money back. Hey, here's $6.50. Here's your change. So we were very strategic. So first off, we obviously had a tip jar that was right in front they could see, okay? Now, on top of that, we also made sure very simple that it had to have, it had to be able to have a big sign on there that says tip jar. That was really important. They had to be able to see it visually. That's the first thing. On top of that, we made sure we put money inside first. So they, this, they, they said, oh, you know, people are, it's social proof. People are giving tips. So we made sure early on, we had staged some money inside so they would see it. Okay. On top of that, we had to bring it more attention to because sometimes they wouldn't notice it. So say we get that $20, we get a $20, but we take, we say out of 13.50, out of 20, we take the 20. Instead of just putting it in the cash register, we would take the tip jar and we put it on top of the 20 to hold it because it's windy. Uh. <laughs> it brings attention to it, okay? So on top of that, then we take out the change 650. Then we take the, uh, we take the change out. We would take a step backwards because they would hold their hand out and it would force them to lean forward, hand over the tip jar, okay? And then we would count back the money slowly. So it'd be like 1350. And 14, drop the change, pause. 15, 
and 20. So now they're leaning forward, hand over, and we're slowly and we're just smiling the whole time. So as a result, when you pause like that, it increases the chances that they drop the 50 cents in and the dollar bill. And by doing this consistently, because there's a formula that we would run, my sister and I, we generate a, some, some of these days, 150, 200 bucks each in tips. Wow. And this is like at seven years old, right? So we're generating these tips and we're going to keep all the tips. So these are things you start realizing, hmm, if I can anticipate human behavior and what they're going to do, what can I do on the front end to leave the highest possible chance of them doing something for me? Not in an ethical way, but we're just merely leveraging how people think in their behaviors. And this is across the board from when you're on a sales call, how do you speak to them? How do you interact? How do you ask questions? What's your body language? You start realizing every single thing you do is a mechanism that leads to something else. So if you can control the mechanism on the front end, the back end result increases as a result. Wow. So you were focused more. Yeah. So you were focused more on the the process than the outcome. And then that outcome correct. is a result of the correct process. Kind of, I think that that's another core principle that I've heard over time as well. That's right. That's right. You you learn you learn the formula. All you learn the formula. What's gonna increase your win rate? That's what it was, right? It's like, okay, cool. You know what? If I run a sales call on video, hmm, they know me, like me more, and they trust me more. They're more likely to have a better conversation. Hmm. When I make sure my background looks good versus it being a hot mess, yep. they, again, they like me more. Right. Uh, if I have a good questions prepared in advance by looking at, you know, making sure I do my homework, again, a better conversation. Right. So it's no different because uh, you start realizing, hmm, if, you, if everything is premeditated in advance, it only increases your likelihood of success. It's not a guarantee, but it increases your chances of success. Absolutely. So you're, you're setting that up. So, so uh, I guess another big focus on this is kind of the preparation on the front end, right? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. The separation is in the preparation. Absolutely. Preparation. Dude, this has been incredible. Is there, is there anything else that you, that you, uh, any other thoughts or any other recommendations based upon what we chatted about that you think would also be beneficial to try to get into the book or, or uh, any other thoughts like that? This has been incredible. Yeah, I think, um, no, I love the concept of what you're doing. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for those who are looking to, you know, well, I would say, and I'm even looking to get into sales. I think it's, it's understanding this. Um, uh, yes, again, I'm, I'm biased, but I believe um, when you master sales, you are serving at the highest possible level. And what I mean by that is, especially if, you know the company you work for has a great offer and solution that can truly solve a major problem in someone else's business or in their life. It is your duty to be excellent in sales and to sell them. Like it's your duty, your responsibility, your obligation. Like it should boggle your mind when they do not buy from you. You should be absolutely shocked and have that utter belief. And the way I think about it is very simple. It's just like this. If you have that true belief, like I, like I just mentioned, right? And it's as if you are a doctor and that person, the prospect, the customer, you know, is like a patient. If they are deathly sick and you know you have the cure to solve their sickness, to allow them to walk away and not take the cure is a travesty. And you are, you are doing yourself and them a disservice by not selling to them. So when you have a pure conviction and understanding, you know what, shoot, the more people I sell, the more people I help, 
you start selling a whole new level. It comes to in your confidence, your conviction, and how you speak and how you carry yourself. You become absolutely baffled when people do not want to, when they do not want to, when they go with someone else, you're like, that doesn't make any sense to be honest, to be respectful, but you start thinking in a completely different way because you start realizing what you have is of value and of worth, and they must have it. And anything else outside the answer should be a shocker to you. Dude, I love that. That has been, that is incredible. Marcus, thank you so much for your time, man. I, I truly appreciate it. Uh, is there anything I could do to try to help anything that you're doing or, or help promote you or anything like that? No, I think it's been great. Engage, engage with my stuff when you see it on LinkedIn. You know, let me know when your book comes out. I'm excited for your book, man. But yeah, it was fun, man. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope you guys all got as much out of it as I did. If you enjoyed the show, please share it along with your friends as that's the best way that we can spread all this incredible information from our guests. If you'd leave a review of the show on Apple or Spotify, it would mean the absolute world to me. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers. Until next time.